Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Jade Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is the one and only Damien with Velocity Fitness out of Indiana. What's going on, Damien? How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Velocity Fitness, you know, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you get started in the first place? Yeah, so I think in a, in a nutshell, our business is just like uh, like smaller, uh, smaller size classes that really get that like community feel because I think that's most important for like building a supportive community that I keep people going with it. Uh, so we got small classes, it really gives like a good one-on-one focus to people. Uh, that's kind of our like strategy and business model. It's just providing like more quality to a fair amount of people. But, and of course we do more classes because of it. I love that. I love that. And so we'll dive a little bit deeper into Velocity here. So how many members are you guys at currently? We're at 38 now. Awesome. You know, the, the exact number. Maybe. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I got, yeah, because it's so small. I know, like, I know everybody who's coming in out of that place. <laughs> First name and last name basis. I love <laughs> Yep. And so, you know, I'll use myself as the avatar. That's the easiest thing to do. So if I came in and I'm like, Damien, I'm ready to get started. Let's do this thing. What would I then have to pay to become an active client? Uh, it's a hundred bucks a month for unlimited classes, or we have like a, like a 60 bucks a month pass for that's just these are four classes in the month. Nice. Nice. I love the versatility there. I think, cause I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm not so sure if it's, you have a lot of maybe people coming in for um, travel or whatnot, but I think that that's a good asset to have there too. Um, and so for you, Damien, what's been the best practice to finding new clients? Uh, honestly, I've tried a few different things, right? So I think a lot of it comes down to Facebook ads for us. Uh, it's like our, our main way of getting our name recognition out there. But for getting clients through the door, like stay consistent clients, it's all about referrals. Gotcha. Yeah. What if my, Someone's I, friend comes in to have a good time. They're like, hey, I'm trying to get my, my work <laughs> partner to come in here, my boss to come in here. Yeah. No, I think that's a big thing to your fulfillment. You know, when, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this or, or know this, or maybe you don't, but regardless, when someone refers somebody else to any service or anybody, uh, they genuinely feel like they're going to raise their status by doing so. And that's why they do it. So the fact that you provided such a great service that they know that if I recommend Barbara to Damien, that now Sarah's status with Barbara is going to go up because you provide such a good service with them. So um, that's awesome. That's a great thing. Nothing to undermine there. Congratulations on that. If, if referrals are, are, are being a strong asset for you there, but the fact that you're diving into other avenues as well is only going to put the bar even higher. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, and to kind of piggyback on that now, and this hypothetically speaking, of course, right? So if leads, traffic, clients, whatever was unlimited, you could have endless amounts of them coming in consistently, you know, hypothetically speaking what would be that maximum capacity? Like how much more can you handle on top of what you have currently? Yeah. And that's actually a conversation that I have with a lot of people. Cause I do a lot of business networking, which I think has been pretty valuable for my business too. Um, and I, and I, I talk to a lot of people that are in like media, wanting to get like, wanting me to pay for like radio ads and TV ads to get lots of leads in there. 
but like honestly, because I'm such a small, like my focus is small classes right now, I'm almost at capacity. Really? I need to find a bigger location. Gotcha. Gotcha. So right now I'm thinking I've taken like 10 more people and then I need to find a bigger location and kind of branch out. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I don't want to, I don't want to add on too many more classes and and just kind of like crowd things a little bit. Uh, Exactly. Exactly. But to also say one, I mean, that's a good problem to have. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Being that capacity and whatnot, I think that that's awesome yeah i'm teetering right now uh because you know i I mean you know how fitness goes where it's like people will will come there for like a few months and then something will happen they'll take some time off and then somebody will come in to fill that person's spot so right now we're at that weird like rotation zone where it's like our our retention has passed our attrition rate but it's kind of so i think we're getting more people in than are leaving um so we're still on on a a climb but you know how that goes we'll leave for whatever reason yeah yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I think the fact that you know, at least to that degree of, of, of what's coming in, what's not, and where you can improve there, I think that's great to know, because, I mean, then they, a lot of people don't even know their bare bones basic numbers, you yeah. know, so I think that that's a big testament to you, and, and the reason why you're already at a point where you need to get to that bigger location, but also the fact that you don't want to jeopardize the client experience is the biggest thing, I think, that you mentioned there, too, so you're willing to, to you know, keep it small, subsidize that, for when you do have big space, then provide that better experience in them. So I think that's great. Thanks. And so, um, you know, let's take a step back from slides and go into the heats. And I, I'm kind of curious to see how this process looks for you. So talk to me about this. If I came in and maybe I'm not ready to sign up just yet, but I'm like, you know what, I mean, I'm interested. You know, I, I've seen you guys, you've passed by here a couple of times. Like, what, what, what will I actually be getting? So walk me through what I would call the client journey, right? So from being interested to them being sold a program or the, the membership, whatever it may be, to then being onboarded. What's that whole process look like for you guys? Okay, yeah. So you, you've already purchased your membership and we're getting things rolling. No, no, no. Prior to that. So I'm interested oh. and I okay. want to hear about what I'm getting and then being sold and then being Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I, my sales pitch for things uh, so just kind of starting like from that angle, like you just, you just had your class. And I'm trying to like get you to sign up for your membership. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what I typically do is I'll piggyback it off of me uh, because my classes are small. When I'm doing the class, my sales pitch happens like during class. So what, I, what my typical strategy is, is like making myself kind of like, I mean, the quote unquote, like the villain. So I'll do things in a way because my clients are pretty sassy. So they'll come at me about this. So I'll make jokes to kind of like get them like to be a team against me in a way. Like, oh, Jamie, you can't ever trust him. He's always saying we got 30 seconds left, but really it's a minute left. And I kind of get them like involved in that playful banter with the other one so that they already feel like they're a part of the community. Well, and then when class rolls over, uh, typically what will happen is like uh, my current members, if they're a referral or there's a new person, like typically my members will give them the rundown. They're like, hey, I hope you enjoyed that class. Like, and sometimes they'll even tell them the pricing structure for it. And then I just come in there at the tail end of that. I'm like, hey, I saw you talking to the clients. They gave you some good information. Uh, here's a sheet that you can take with you. These are our membership fees that we got going on. Um, and then so, and so usually this is where the nitty gritty kind of part happens. Because above like the base membership where you get unlimited kickboxing classes, you get uh, 50% off of any of our other specialty classes that we offer. 
So we also do like self-defense seminars, workshops on the weekend. So you get all that at half cost. We do a lot of like fun runs and obstacle courses for the community. So, and all that is like half off or sometimes it's like a free class or a free event for you to attend to. We do like member appreciation picnics that you can come to. Yeah, so all that sort of stuff that gets rolled in there. That's awesome. I think that's, uh, talk about value stacking, if you will. You know, I think that's awesome. The fact that they can, one, get the most value from the unlimited, but then on top of that, get even more. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, I, I always relate it to Tesla, right? Tesla, uh, the car owners are the biggest salespeople, right? Yeah. And, and it's because they believe it. It's the conviction. But the people in your class have so much conviction in you that they're willing to go above and beyond and be like, hey, like, I'll, I'll be your sales rep. Let's do it. Like, unintentionally, you know what yeah. I'm saying? They genuinely believe in what you've done. Yeah, like I've had people, because we have a fitness app that we use for the studio, which has been great. Uh, and so I've had people come in that'll bring their friend in and like, Damon, don't worry about it. I'll get them set up with the app and everything. I'm like, oh, sweet. Thanks. You got some secret sauce over there, Damon. You got to teach everybody. It's <laughs> 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 that charisma, man. You have that gift that you can't Yeah, because uh, what I told them, and I, I really try to, I think it helps that I really involve my clients in Cause I can make this like their gym, right? So it's like, I'm always like doing surveys and things like what they want in the gym. And then, so they feel like they're building this gym with me. So then I told them, I was like, Hey, if we get 10 more people that sign up, we'll move to a bigger location. I'll get more equipment in here. So now they're engaged. Like I can make this wow. a better experience for me by getting more people in here. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think that's great. I think the fact, and they, they understand it and they, they believe in you. So at that yeah. point, they're going to make it happen. So I, I think that's awesome. And so let me ask you this. This is a little bit of a long-winded question. And yeah. I think um, I'm kind of curious to see what your, your response would be. So um, whether you know it or not, but there's three pillars of business in the fitness and gym industry pretty, pretty, pretty predominantly. And it's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. Yeah. So of those three, Damien, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Uh, let's see here. I feel like I can improve the most. Probably, uh, probably retention. Uh, probably not retention. Probably getting the people, the members that have been here the longest to spend more money on things. Just because, like, with being like kickboxing, it's like to a degree, it's like once you have your gloves and your hand wraps, like you're essentially good to go. Right. So and then for me, it's it's been a journey of like, right now I'm working on getting some more branded clothing line okay. out there. And so I do have like branded clothing, but that, I mean, once you buy the t-shirt with the logo on it, like that's, that's it. So I think for me now, in order to like get those clients to spend more money, I'm working towards getting more like different, like sayings on the shirts, right? Different phrases and things that they could get, get going with that. Um, I'm offering some different like design gloves for people to get now. So now I have like cool different glove patterns that people can get with uh, and sort of build from there. So I think I think the getting more wealth out of my long-term clients is the biggest hurdle right now. Yeah. And I think, um, number one, before I even say anything, I, think, I want to say, number one, I appreciate the honesty and transparency on that because I think when you're on air, it's kind of hard to, you know, that's hard, but you, just, you, you want to highlight the good things, right? Yeah. And the fact that you can be honest, but regardless of success, you can still improve. I appreciate that the viewers appreciate that. And I think it's a big eye-opener for the people who don't think they can improve anywhere else, right? Because 
we look at what Jeff Bezos, right? I mean, he's freaking billion, billion dollars worth, but he still has bottlenecks and, and looks yeah. for ways to improve. So I'm sure even guys like us can find ways to improve as well. So um, I, I thank you for that. And so last two questions for you. These are my two favorite questions, Damien, if I'm being honest. You know, and I know you've alluded a little bit to throw the podcast ready, but what's the bigger picture? What are you trying to accomplish long term? Long term, um, when I moved to the bigger fitness facility, what I what I'd like to do because martial arts has been a big part of my life. I've been doing martial arts for like 15 years. Uh, so I started out with kung fu when I was like 15, and then, I think you asked me this in the very beginning, but I kind of I, I got. To karate. From there, I got into kickboxing and MMA. Started training fighters when I was in college, and then I went overseas for a while, practiced judo. Uh, then I got into some aikido when I went to Japan, and oh. then to kind of round things out. Um, when I finished all that, before I came back to the states, because this whole time I've been practicing kung fu for a long time, I went to China to train with a Shaolin monk for a while, and I got certified to teach kung fu through the Shaolin monastery. And then I came over here, started teaching kickboxing, opened my own <laughs> business. So for me, it's like I, I train fighters, but that's not really like the zone that I want to be in. I just want to provide a space for people to like practice like an individual art as well as a group art. So ideally, I'll get a big enough facility to where I can have like a section for my small group classes still, but offer like an open gym area that is like tailored towards martial arts. It's like heavy bags, like uh, kick pads that are kind of like positioned on like machines. So you don't need a partner necessarily. You can just come in there whenever you want yes. to and practice all the moves you want without needing to have a partner there. And I think that's the hardest thing sometimes because when you go to a class and it ends, you don't have access to that gym space anymore. You don't have access to a partner anymore. So having like an open gym space where you have like like custom tailored equipment for you to be able to work out alone or if you bring a buddy in anytime you want to 24 seven come in there practice your martial arts if you're doing forms practice weapons practice or you just want to hit a heavy bag yeah and i think that's where i want to go into the future being able to break off and have like a small group class and also have that open gym experience for people to just come in and do their thing i love that i love that david and i just want to say i mean the fact that you have number one and i don't even know if you heard your verbiage because sometimes you do it subconsciously but you said well, after I get the bigger space, you always know that you're consciously going to do it, right? I mean, it, yeah. and the fact that, that, I mean, I mean, whatever you believe in, it, speaking into an existence, whether you, God, whatever it means, but the fact that you know you're going to get there one way or another is amazing, right? Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, he just knows. He's like, he's like, I'm, there, I'm there already, <laughs> you know? But that's the biggest thing. I'm yeah. telling you, and that's awesome stuff. And so the fact that I always say, if you have a goal and a roadmap, Right. I mean, maybe you might not know how to get there per se, right? You might not know how to get there word for yeah. word. It's but bumpy. You know where the end goal is, right? So at that point, you're not going blindly because what happens when you just kind of work, 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 and have no goal, you burn out because there's no end, right? It's just you're grinding, grinding, grinding. But what's the goal? What are you doing yeah. it for? You know, other than just surviving, sure. But there has sure. to be something. So, I find it's really important to like give those milestones exactly and then you're already you're already looking further than the next one which is awesome i love yeah. that so um, i was, you know it's like shoot for the moon <laughs> you're okay right I mean, yeah. Okay. yeah just so, see how far you can go that's it that's it and last question for you damien which unfortunately i really wish i could keep this going but you know <laughs> unfortunately it's in the last question but um okay you know, my favorite question we had somebody uh 
two months ago, we walked out for 20 minutes, came back in, and was like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you hurry up, we got 10 minutes left. <laughs> but, um, it's a great question, great question. So not to spook you or intimidate you on it, but it's, it's really just generally a good question. And I guess you okay. want to talk for it. So, you know, Damien, if, if, if you could go back in time to when you first started the gym and, uh, you know, sit yourself down and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear, right? That you think you really needed to hear that would have moved the needle forward the most in the beginning of that journey. Um, what would that advice be for you? Okay. Uh, I think, I, I think I'll give you, I'll give you two answers for this one. Sure. Uh, so my first one is, uh, just to, to dive in. I think because I think in the in, in the initial stages, like obviously it's that fear of like starting a business, right? It's like, is it going to work out? Do I have enough things? So I think diving in a little bit sooner would have been good, and capitalizing more on some of the the opportunities that I may have missed out and waiting to open up. Yeah, so I think getting in there sooner would have been good. Um, Cause I, when I opened the business, I was in, I was still doing college. So it was like a, like a part-time thing for me. Wow. Yeah. So I was still studying and at night. I just started to like build and run a business. So I think, uh, and I, I think like leveraging contacts in that initial stage too. Cause I think a lot of times, like, especially for me, I was like, I'm doing this business. I, so I didn't want to put that burden on other people, even though like, I know they were saying like, we're here to help you. So I think like, just being open to like, even though it's your business, like your, your clients and your friends and your family, they're there to support you. And like, take it, like use that help when it comes around, you know, that. That support system. So like, even like little things, like just helping you clean and set up one day, because all those things compounded in the beginning when I was getting it open, like I got to clean this, I got to move this, I got to situate that. So even just having people come in just to help clean and situate some things, is just a, another stressful thing not to worry about. And I think that's the hardest part in the beginning is like managing your time and stress ratios with each other. Talk about a mic drop, Damien. <laughs> Holy <laughs> God, way to close it out. Look, this is a good place to wrap things up in this episode, Damien. But before we sign out, you know, please, Damien, shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website. What do you have? Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can check me out on velocityfit.org is my website. And I'm also on TikTok at DamienLee157. That's where we do like most of our stuff for it. And uh, you can find me on Facebook at Velocity Fitness. And that's where I'll be. I love it. Look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, Damien. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks sure. for having me on. This is, this is a great thing that you're doing. No, I listen, I appreciate you being here. <laughs> and you were a great guest. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. 
Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk about the business of fitness with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of one-to-one health and wellness in Coral Springs, Florida, Manny Mayer. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much, Dom. Excited to be on your show today. Oh, man, we got a lot to get into and not nearly enough time. So let's dive in. Tell us, what's one-to-one all about? One-to-one is about a lot of different things. We have uh, about five different uh, pillars. So we have a one-to-one fitness where this year we're going to be in business for 30 years. Uh, We also have a one-to-one physical therapy and recovery, which is coming up on its uh, first year anniversary. We also have a one-to-one aesthetics. Okay. Um, We have a one-to-one events. And within one-to-one events, we have a soldier rush, which has been going on for about eight years now, getting about 1,500 people per race. And it's like, basically, I describe it as a mini Spartan. Uh, We also do, um, you know, concealed weapon classes. We also have a course called Armed with Confidence, where I teach my clients how to uh, carry concealed weapon with confidence. Man, you do have a lot going on. And we're going to get into as many of those things as we can. But before we get there, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention you're in the game 30 plus years here at this point. Um, You served our country in the Marine Corps. I thanked you off the air. Thank you on the air for that. Did you come right from service into fitness and training? What what was that transition like? What inspired you to to start this career? And what have been some of the big milestones along the way? I'm, I'm sure there's too many to count, but Hit us with some big ones. Yeah. So, um, yes, prior to going to the Marine Corps, um, I kind of found my uh, love for fitness, obviously getting ready for boot camp. And, you know, everyone was always asking me questions. And I'm like, why are you asking me questions? I barely know what to do myself. But, you know, people saw me crushing it and and making it happen. And then, you know, uh, becoming a physical therapist was kind of like the direction that I wanted to go into. So my love for uh, wanting to help people was already there. And um, but then, you know, when I took my prerequisites and all that stuff to uh, for physical therapy school, it was going to be like a three year waiting list. So I kind of uh, started working in a gym and, um, you know, it just kind of went straight up from there. You know, I uh, went to a a organization called uh, Fitness Institute International. I have my American College of Sports Medicine, National Strength and Conditioning Association, uh, it's a Fitness Institute International, USA Olympic Lifting, USA Track and Field. You know, I just, uh, I love going to school for this stuff. <laughs> I guess so, man. You just have have this desire to, to keep growing and, and keep, you know, excelling in this. So what are some of the, the different iterations of the business looked like? I mean, you're in, you know, a 7,000 square foot facility now. I assume you didn't start off there with day one. So did you, yeah. you know, were you, were you renting out a closet somewhere and training yes. people? What are, what are, what are some of the big milestones that you've had there as far as locations have gone? Okay. So uh, my first job, I was uh, doing sales in a gym and, you know, uh, the, the owner asked me if I wanted to do some personal training. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, I said, I did get certified. And I was like, 
But I'm like, who has a personal trainer? I thought only movie stars had personal trainers. And I remember the first day that I, I started working with a client who uh, became a very, very good friend of mine. He, uh, I was signing up at the gym and he was like, you know, hey, you know, I said, I'll help you out for a couple of weeks. He says, well, what am I going to do after that? And I says, well, you know, if you need help once in a while, I'll help you. He said, well, what if I paid you every time I come into the gym and you work out with me? And I'm like, I'm like, I guess that'll be kind of cool. You know, <laughs> so I started doing that and I, you know, the other uh, uh, clients in the facility saw me doing that. And they're like, so within two months, I had 18 clients because everyone just wanted to train with me. And um, then after that, uh, the gym that I was at, you know, they started going through some rough times. The owners weren't the most uh, up and up, you know, stand up citizens. So I opened up my uh, small closet, as you refer to it, uh, it was a 400 square foot uh, facility inside of a, an office building. I was there for one year and then I moved into my townhouse where I turned the downstairs of my gym, of my house into a gym and went to a few clients' houses after that. And then the uh, gentleman who unfortunately he just passed away last week, he uh, helped me, you know, he, he, he lived a great life. You know, he was in his 80s. Uh, he helped me to negotiate my first lease, uh, which is kind of funny with this with his cousin. <laughs> so they were both big time real estate owners in, uh, in two different cities. And uh, yeah, so I opened up my first facility, which saw my second, which was uh, 900 square feet. And then from there, I went to uh, 2,500 square feet. And now we're at 7,000. All right. So, so that's kind of how we got there. And now you have, you have a, a quite a mix of clientele. You have people who are training for races, you have professional athletes you've worked with, competitive athletes that maybe weren't quite at the highest level, but but high performers and general population. And yes, it mixed reviews of people who only want to do one thing and want to specialize. And then there are people who, you know, can can juggle multiple different populations and still make it work. So has these evolved over time? Have you always known you were going to work with multiple populations? And, and how do you feel like you make it all work under one roof? Well, you, you know something, Dom? I, um, I kind of, you know, I, I make jokes with my clients all the time, you know, like, Manny, how do you remember all this stuff? And I'm like, thank God that I can, because this is the one area in my life, uh, amongst others as well, that I just feel like I was genetically built for it you know from a standpoint of being able to multitask and being able to uh you know see my clients mood when they walk through the door and being able to go from you know training a, a, an aggressive intense hardcore athlete like a Roberto Luongo and then you know working with a a seven-year-old gymnast next and then you know working with a 70-something-year-old uh, a man or a woman after that, and just being able to like literally flip a switch and, you know, change my, um, my level of intensity, my mood, whether I'm yelling and screaming and cursing, or, you know, I'm like, Hey, how you doing? You know, give me a hug, a high five, you know, <laughs> that kind of a thing within a, a split second, you know, that's, uh, that's not a talent, you know, people can't just shift gears shift tracks that's really something where you get people that um it's really few and far between and i don't think yeah. that's something that can be taught i think you either 
have the ability to just, you know, it's like hitting the skip on, on your, uh, on your iPhone playlist. It's just like, yes. boop, we're going from hip hop to pop to country. And it's just click, click, click. And, and if you can do that, it allows you to, to be flexible. So you have built out, um, a staff that trains under you got, you know, 200 plus clients that you're working with clearly hard to handle all those on your own. So as you built out the staff for that, that's not a talent that you can necessarily require of a lot of people. So have you had the staff under you be more specialized? Have you tried to instill some of that into them? How do you feel that works in when you're trying to trying to expand the amount of people that you can really help? Right. So um, I do realize that, you know, my passion and my personality is a big drive for, you know, being able to um, handle the load that I do and to be able to, you know, flip a switch in a second and uh, just even throw something else out at you. I remember one day, one of my clients, I was working with eight people and I had seven different programs going on with these eight people. And one of my clients said, she realized, wait a second, we're all doing something different. And she's like, stop for a second. She's like, how the heck do you remember what everyone is doing and what we have to do next? And I'm like, I don't know. Thank God I can, you know, I, I can do something right. You know, and, and that was uh, like a, a, a true, like, like eye opening. like, wait, wow. I didn't even realize sometimes, you know, what I'm doing because I just do. But, um, you know, as far as my staff goes, you know, I, I do try and like poke them a little bit. Come on, come on, be a little bit more excited, you know. And uh, I realize that just got to let them be because, you know, everyone has their own type of personality. And uh, I've had some coaches that realize that, wow, yeah, I get more clients want to be with me. More people want to refer people to me, you know, if I, you know, um, acknowledge them when they walk through the door and become a little bit more excited. So I definitely feel as though um, having that little bit of a high energy approach, even though it's not for everyone, but it is for the majority of people, you know, that's what they want. They, they signed up and paid for somebody to push them and make them feel good about coming to the gym. So, you know, for those of you who are listening and watching out there, okay, turn up the volume a little bit, okay? Be a little bit more enthusiastic and be a little bit more excited when your client walks in the door. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're getting a good feel of you and what you're all about in this general vibe that you're promoting throughout the whole facility. I wanna talk some about the execution because there's a couple of things that, that you do that, I, that I'm really a big fan of and I wanna highlight. One is even as you expand to, you know, multi-hundred clients that you're coaching, uh, in your facility, everything is personal training for you to some degree, right? Nobody's coming in, just working on their own, doing their own thing. Everybody who steps foot through your door has some type of customization and somebody directing them, correcting them, all of that. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes. 100% across the board. Okay. So I'm sure you've seen, you've been in the industry a long time, there's, you know, there's group fitness, there's boot camps, there's do it yourself. Have you ever dipped your toes in the water of any of those things? And, and what really pushes you towards just saying personal training is the way that I want to go. That's what you're going to get in my gym. Right. So I, the only thing we've ever dipped into is, uh, um, we have a, 
a workout on Saturdays called um, Saturday Morning Smackdown. Okay, I created that to uh, 18 years ago. Now I have another one of my coaches. He uh, he runs it. Uh, I've been fortunate to be able to only train Monday through Friday and in the mornings up until about noon right now. Um, but yeah, Saturday morning SmackDown is our big group training. It's a 90 minute workout. But outside of that, we have not really dipped into anything more than um, the uh, semi-privates, okay, where we have like, you know, three, four, five, six, you know, uh, even sometimes seven, eight people. Um, I still don't call it a group training or a boot camp or anything like that because whether it's eight of you or one of you, you're going to get the best of me. And uh, my clients definitely always feel like I'm all over them. So uh, to a certain degree, it feels like one-on-one. -on -one. So I don't even call it a group training. But when we do kind of uh, transition over a little bit, I'm thinking about starting some uh, – um, cardio group type classes, you know, like, um, cardio booty burn, cardio core, but we're not going to like get into stuff that's going to, um, kind of, uh, compete with what we currently do right now. Okay. So in even the, the theme there is going to be, even if you do expand the coach to client ratio a little bit, you're only going to go so far as to where they almost don't realize that they're not in a PT session. Like maybe right. it's not the whole every second of the session but they're still going to be getting a lot of attention the whole time absolutely all right all right so you're kind of staying true to your ethos there on the billing side of that uh, there are so many people that are still caught up in selling sessions hey let's let's do five sessions and then at session five uh you know hey do you want to do five more sessions or there's this constant reselling and rescheduling there's a lot of things that that come with that you have a monthly billing system that you use it's a little bit non-traditional for lack of better better wording but i'm re i really like the way you have it nailed down so tell us what that is and how it came to be because i'm sure it, you didn't figure that out day one i think it's yeah. that's some trial and error no, you know how that came to be? That came to be because it was the law, okay? The, the state of Florida, um, you know, sent out there and said, you know what, if you have a facility where people can sign up for a year membership, you have to have a $50,000 bond just in case you go out of business. If you don't have that $50,000 bond, you cannot charge someone more than 30 days at a time. All right. So all these trainers out there who are saying, oh, you know, uh, I'm going to sell you uh, 20 sessions or or 50 sessions or, you know, I'm going to charge you for the year up front. OK, that's not allowed. OK, you're not allowed to do that. So, you know, I, I, I believe in, uh, you know, staying in my lane and, 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 and abiding by the law. And, um, you know, that's what Florida state law says. We cannot do that. So. We go from the beginning of the month to the end of the month. And if you have sessions that are left over, uh, if you have missed three sessions and the next month is possible at 12, I'm going to charge you for nine sessions. Okay. Or if you tell me you're going out of town, you know, for, for a week, I'm going to try to take three sessions off. And, you know, we just kind of segue into boom, one month at a time, beginning of every month we do billing. All right. So that, Staying within the limits of the law is very important and figuring out a way that that works for the business, works for the clients. And it's 
to a degree also sounds like it it minimizes some of the extra complexity that uh, sometimes we we think that we're adding things and they're helpful and and we're just adding things for the sake of it adding steps but but you've got it distilled down you know i think as much as possible while while still staying on the on the right side of the the law so absolutely um, we we kind of went a little bit out of order here but i do want to talk about your process too you have an onboarding process because you have your your health and wellness fitness everything sort of integrated so um it's it's semi separated in your facility but you have a workflow that leads towards people getting the best service possible so can you walk us through that how that works yes absolutely so you know, one of the things about our industry that is just so sad about is I feel as though we should be licensed, right? So first of all, bam, let me just put that out there. You go and get your nails done, your hair done, you get your, uh, get a massage, you know, all of these people are licensed and they may see you once every two weeks. You might go get a massage once a month. You might go and get your hair cut once every three weeks, but you can see your personal trainer, as I've seen Roberto Luongo, six days a week, okay? And I mean, we're, we're putting our clients through the ringer, all right? But yet, we're not licensed. I don't get it. So because we're not licensed, you know, you got people waking up in the morning, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Oh, you know, I'm pretty jacked and stuff like that. I work out. Let me become a personal trainer and have absolutely positively no clue you know you ever hear that saying that sometimes you don't even know what you don't know okay oh hell yeah there's a lot of that going on so our process you know and some of my our, my coaches i when they when they sign up with me i said look you don't have any certifications but i kind of like your personality i like the way you take care of yourself you're in this industry but you must understand in order to keep working here that you need to have at least National Strength and Conditioning Association, okay? So you got to make that commitment to me. And I recently released two coaches uh, in the past few years because they didn't live up to that commitment, all right? So when our client signs up, first of all, we put them through a, you know, they fill out a, a waiver that is just super extensive. Even now with COVID, obviously, you got to put all the COVID stuff in there, okay? But, you know, you must have that waiver signed. And we also have a par queue in there as well. Okay, that right there out the box, if you see anything, you know, um, marked off that's wrong, you got to question that that client as to whether or not you're going to start working with them or if you're going to get a release from their uh, from their doctor to uh, with some guidelines to work with them. So we go through that. Then we go through a full laundry list of uh, evaluations, you know, blood pressure, rest and heart rate, um, you know, uh, uh, body composition. Um, we 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 do a a, a couple measurements, uh, pictures, uh, push up test, bench press test, twelve minute treadmill run, vertical jump, uh, sit ups. Um, you know, rowing machine, uh, just all kinds of stuff. This way, we have a baseline, and I know what I'm working with, and I can give that person something back to say, hey, since you've been working out with me. You know, you went from having a 13 inch vertical to where you have an 18 inch vertical or your body fat was X and now it's Y. All right. So uh, super important to me. You know, it was it takes some twisted of my coach's arms, but I let him understand that this is a law in here. OK, that this is the process you go through every time you meet someone. So 
Absolutely. And this is something that I hear from a lot of owners and gym managers across the country is we have these amazing processes and we put these things in place and we know it's going to change people's lives and be great for the business and great for the trainers. But sometimes conveying that message in a way that trainers are receptive to can be a struggle. So for you, what are some of the things that you've done, um, you know, besides just making guidelines where, hey, if you don't fall in line, eventually we're going to cut you like you, you can only push the button so far, right? I think everybody needs that because if you never take any action, nobody will respect you. But what are some of the things you've done in the communication cycle to get people to really see the value and see the vision that you're promoting? Well, you know, um, it's kind of funny you say that because everyone looks at me like, oh, that's just Manny. You know, you know, I'm always jacked up and like, you know, super um, pumped about things and, you know, the way I explain things. But, you know, sometimes even though you break things down to the, the minute, you know, you know, five-year-old level, you still wonder if people are understanding and receiving it from an angle of like the light bulb went off. Wow. Yes, I get it. Or they're just kind of following suit, you know, and, um, you know, unfortunately I, I still see that because I know that, you know, if we didn't keep it like as a mandatory, uh, um, you know, uh, guideline that, you know, most coaches, they would just fall off in a second and go back to, uh, what they're comfortable with, you know, because, well, now you're telling me I got to work. <laughs> you know, I don't just have my client w walk in and just start throwing some weights at them. Now I got to like, man, you know, measure them and, you know, and, and, and write the stuff down and then put it into a, a file and then send it to them. Wow. You know, you're giving me work outside of uh, that session, you know, and I'm like, well, you know what, this is a part of what we do. You know, you're an independent contractor and, you know, even though there's some uh, laws that protect you, yeah, when you walk in this door, if you feel as though this is the facility you want to be a part of, this is how we roll, you know? I am very, very big on client service and satisfaction, and uh, I feel as though that is what has gotten me, you know, us, you know, to this 30-year marker. Yeah, 30 years. Like, if you're out there listening, let that sink in, 30 years. So, I'm sure, you know, if, if, if we went through every step, everything around the way, Manny's not the type of guy who's going to tell you he hasn't made some mistakes along the 30 years, but I think you're the type of guy that turns those into lessons and you can refer yes. back to, I do this because I tried this and this is how I get my clients results. This is how I take care of my trainers. If they're in line, if, if they're, if they're on board, I got your back, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> And I got your back. So 30 big, years. Let, big let, on that. Let that sink in. But one more topic. We're burning through time here quickly. And I know that we won't be able to do everything we do justice. But you have an in-house built out uh, obstacle course race that you talked about earlier a little bit called Soldier Rush. It takes, it takes something that we're not going to say on the air to decide you're going to come up and start your own obstacle course race and not just piggyback over the ones that anybody can join. So where did you get the inspiration for that? And how have you built that thing up over the years? <laughs> I got to tell you something interesting. So um, I decided I was a part of a, a group of uh, 
um, um, coaches that did like a lot of boot camps. I kind of helped a lot of them. You know, I'm in Fort Lauderdale in the, in the Coral Springs area, but I would go down to Miami and train with some of my buddies who uh, we do um, the Spartan races together. And, uh, you know, I kind of got a couple of them together. I'm like, hey, let's create our own obstacle course race. And they were all like, yeah, 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 let's do it, let's do it. But when it came time to flip the switch and flip the, uh, the bill, you know, like, oh, oh, whoa, whoa. You know, I guess they call it like uh, alligator arms, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I went ahead on uh, on active.com and uh, and just went ahead and created this uh, this race. And all of a sudden, people started signing up. And I'm like, holy smokes, I don't have any obstacles, you know. But, you know, fortunately, I live on two and a half acres and um, I'm, I'm pretty handy and you know, I like to say I'm a go-getter and I go out there and I get at it. Uh, I went to Home Depot, dropped about $7,000 on my credit card, had them ship a whole bunch of wood to my house. And until four o'clock in the morning, I just started building walls and like monkey bars. And yeah, it got a little crazy. I bought an old trailer, um, 32 foot long trailer, had my next door neighbor fixed it for me. And just started cranking from there. My first year, we had 700 people sign up for the race. Okay. And I'm talking about off of minimal um, marketing because I don't know how to do social media. I just posted a couple of times. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, very, you know, involved in my community. So the second that, you know, people started seeing me putting something together, they just started sharing what I posted. And now we're built up to like 1,500 people. And we have a amazing, huge slide. I mean, when you get a chance, check out soldierrush.com. You know, it's, I remember a couple few years ago, I saw somebody did a drone and a, a drone footage. And I was like, holy smokes, is that what we just did? <laughs> so, but, uh, but to even segue into something a little bit more, uh, one of my buddies, he's the president of our Rock Nation and, uh, you know, he used to be the president of Florida Panthers. And he's like, Manny, I saw what you did from day one with this. Cause I'm known him for 14 years now. And he's like, that is not normal. So, you know, it was, uh, so that made me very, very proud of uh, what we've accomplished around here. So, you know, just not being afraid to get in the grind and put in the time, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's probably not much, in this world of, of work ethic and bootstrapping things and getting it off the ground that, that you're afraid of. So that that's fantastic, man. All right. We're just about officially out of time here. I got one last question. It's a little philosophical. You've been in the game a long time. If you could go back, tap yourself on the shoulders, give yourself, you know, one nugget of wisdom, one thing that you could know earlier on in life. Is there anything that you wish you knew sooner that you know now? Whew. Man, you just gave me goosebumps asking that question. I mean, it's just all over me right now. Because a few months ago, I met a gentleman and uh, he knew a, he knows a couple of my clients and he starts teaching me about or talking to me about entrepreneurs, artists and managers. And we're just kind of chit chatting. And all of a sudden I'm like, stop. He's like, what's up? And I was like, holy smokes, you just made me realize something. All these years, I thought I was an entrepreneur and I was this manager and all this stuff, but I realized I'm more of just an artist. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, from the people I've spoken to, I would say that you're an artist. And I say, wait a second. 
damn it, I've been in this game almost 30 years now, and I only own one facility? I was like, how come I don't own 100 facilities? You know? And that made me have a realization that, you know what, maybe uh, 25 years ago, I should have probably sought out some sort of a business partner who could come in and see what's going on and would have be able to have a step ahead of everybody else in the game and created a franchise there where it could have like probably a thousand gyms now. <laughs> so that's my only regret. <laughs> so does, does that mean that did it open the door though for you to maybe have another location or two before you're done? No, but what it opened the door for is to um, take what it is that I do have right now. And I've been having like meetings with several people who say they want to get involved. But I'm like, look, we can always use money and stuff like that. But I'm looking for someone's expertise that's going to take what I have going on here. And someone's going to drop some you know, bucks into it, but is also going to lead the way business wise. Love it. Love it. All right, sir, we're officially out of time. I got one more easy softball question before you, before we cut out. Let's go, where let's can, go. Where, where can people find you? Website, social media, everything. Soldierrush.com, we got to check out. But how about the stuff for, for one-to-one, too, and for you? So one-to-one fitness is O-N-E-T-O-O-N-E, fitness.com. We also have one-to-one physical therapy and recovery.com. We have one-to-one aesthetics.com. You spell them all out, but fortunately over the next couple of weeks, you're going to be able to type in one-to-one health and wellness.com. And that's going to be our landing page for everything we pick up on soldier rush and all that stuff right there. So uh, we're in Coral Springs, Florida, 5451 North university drive. We're here ready to rock and ready to get some all the time. All right, sir. Well, this has been intense. It's been an action-packed 25 minutes. I appreciate you bringing the heat. I wish you continued success. I look forward to seeing what else comes out of one-to-one in the upcoming years that you have left in you in the business. That fire is not going out anytime soon. Thank you again for spending some time with us today, sir. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. And you're welcome, first of all. And I don't want to forget our listeners out there also. Uh, We wouldn't be there without them. Thanks for tuning in, listening to Manny's story. Hopefully you got some of those nuggets and pearls of wisdom and all that experience. If you didn't, go back, rewind this thing, listen again before you listen to anything else. Man, we're dropping things left and right here. If you guys want to hear more content, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when they drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. 
That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Terry from Fitness Works in Rockford, Illinois. What's up, Terry? How are you today? I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Awesome. All right. So let's jump right into the details without wasting any time. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Okay. So I've always been kind of in the fitness field. I, 14 years old, I was working in locker rooms, you know, it was always kind of my, my thing. I was a PE teacher for a little while, a couple of years. Um, but I was always more into helping people one-on-one, uh, find their fitness. And that was like, we're talking about back in the seventies and eighties. Um, I've been at this a long time. So, um, went off to college, came back and just found myself working at the local YMCA. And I've always lifted weights. I've always kept myself in shape. And I just felt like I wanted to find something more like substantial than just PE teaching. I guess I I felt like I could do more. So um, I started into the personal training world and it's been very, very good for me. It's good for me for so many reasons, but it's been really good. Rockford's tough. We don't have, um, you know, we have local Y's and we have local gyms, but at the time when I opened my, my studio, I was the only female doing anything like that. And um, I was just lucky I had really strong clients and they're still with me. I mean, it's 20 years. They're still with me. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Actually, I'm very lucky. Awesome. I love that. Okay. So now as far as your business model goes, how are you structuring things? Are you doing uh, one-on-one semi-private group classes? What does that all look like? Kind of walk us through the layout there. Well, you know what? I um, When I first opened my studio, it was just myself. So I was doing one-on-ones because that was at the time, it was like, I got to make the money. I got to pay for my equipment. I had loans. And actually at the first I didn't, I couldn't get a loan. A bank wouldn't give me a loan because I was a female. Um, my mother-in-law supported me for a year and then I was able to get back, uh, pay her back. So it was all about the personal training part of it. The one-on-one, I didn't do too many duets. I wasn't teaching any classes because it was at the time I was fighting, um, you know, local gyms. They had all the classes, they were doing their thing. And I was really focusing on that one-on-one uh, development and it was good. I mean, I never took a vacation for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to work to pay my bills. So, um, and then I started to expand a little bit um, at a time, bringing another trainer in. And then she started teaching the classes. So more bodies were coming into the studio. That is the one hard thing when you have a studio, you're not, if you don't have a word of mouth, you're not going to see people come through your door. So it was very important that I kept a very, good communication in the community. I've never been one to like toot my own horn or anything like that, but my clients have been really loyal and very helpful in helping me expand. So now I do personal one-on-one with um, strength training and Pilates training, and I do duets on Pilates 
and the strength training, and I'm back to teaching classes. So um, I only teach a couple of classes a week because I work so many hours that, and the majority of my class participants are clients anyway. So, you know, that part doesn't really buff my my income. It's just, that's just like a nice thing to do. I don't charge a lot for it. I, sometimes I don't even charge. I'm like, just come in. I just want to see you. So <laughs> keep it. Um, okay. All right. So a couple of different kind of offerings within the facility itself. Yeah. Uh, and now how many clients or members are you currently serving? Um, I currently serve about 35 to 40 people a week. Some of them are, you know, they come more than once a week. So I tend to, to get about 60 hours of work in a week between that and some of the classes that I teach. And I don't have a membership. Um, I'm strictly training. So I let my clients use the facility if they have a scheduled appointment, um, if they're on my calendar, like they could come in on a rainy day and use a treadmill or something like that. But I don't offer a membership. I don't have people coming in when I'm not here. Okay. All right. And are you pretty much maxed out as far as the amount of people that you can serve currently? You know, here's the thing. Before COVID, I was working all the time. I would work from 5.30 in the morning until eight o'clock at night, sometimes or six o'clock at night. And fortunately, my kids don't live with me anymore and I only have a dog and a husband, so they didn't really care. <laughs> but um, I realized during the shutdown, because we were shut down for three months, um, three and a half months, I think, I realized during that point that I'm, I don't need to work that hard. So now um, I work as much as I want. So I average the 60 hours a week. I can work less or more, depends on my clients. Um, it did help me understand that my personal time is important too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there has to be some type of a, a balance yeah. there. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. And so to the point you've gotten to, has that been mostly off of just word of mouth being around for as long as you have in the industry, just kind of spreading the word. And that's how you've gotten to where you are. I know you said a lot of your clients have stuck with you for an extended period of time. So is that pretty much how you grew the business itself? That is how I grew the business and bringing in the other instructors that kind of, they brought in some of their own people. And if the instructors, that is the tough part about this business and personal training. If you don't make your clients first, they don't stay. So um, I, I am very committed to my job. I love what I do and they know that. So I've, I've been able to retain that many people and I can bring more people in by word of mouth. I, at one time I told them I only take referrals. You know, I was like that. It was like that. I'm so special, but I'm really, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to take a referral. I didn't want people to just walk in off the street. I, you know, it's, when I get a new client, and I do, we have a con we have a consult, and I say I just want to do that because I'm not going to just take your money. I want you to like me, and I want to like you. I want us to be on the same page. I want us to be having the same goals as far as I know what you want. So um, I think that's kind of what held me above water for a long time financially was that I would work and I would continue to improve my my background and what I was doing in the field and taking classes. I didn't just stay. And I listened to other, I mean, I network with other instructors and other trainers in Rockford. I, I don't sit by myself. We all talk to each other and we try right. to stay connected. Um, but that is the hard part is when you're alone. 
I mean, yes. my name right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I need a big gym by myself. Right. <laughs> and I this all day, so <laughs> except for the people. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So now, where where are you focusing most of your attention in the business right now? Are there any specific goals you're working on or things you're looking to accomplish? What's that looking like for you? Um. Yes. Um, my goals right now are to improve my Pilates. Um, business. I have a very strong uh, personal training business, and I've had that for the 20 years. The Pilates I've been working on for about 10 years. Um, I certified in 10 years, 10 years ago, but I continually improve those certifications. And I would like to see, we have a couple of studios in Rockford and they're all very good. We have a club Pilates. I've only done that once, but we have a couple of um, small studios and they're good. So I feel like that's where I want to move into that world a little bit. I'm also, I'm getting, I'm, I feel like I'm aging out a little bit of the personal training world. I'm almost the same age as a lot of my clients, which is not young. <laughs> I'm just going to say we're all in retirement level right now. So um, it's hard to find young trainers to get them to come in. I mean, I'm looking and I'd like to see if I could pass some of my strength training clients into their hands and then I could develop a bigger Pilates training. Um, I only work about maybe 20 hours a week on the Pilates world and I'd like to see more. So okay. for me, that's my goal right now. Okay. All right. So uh, kind of building up the Pilates side of things. And is that what needs to happen before you can focus your attention on that? Hiring more trainers to come in and kind of take some of that off of your plate so you can focus on the Pilates side? <laughs> I don't think so. I just finished, it took me a year to do it. I just finished a comprehensive certification and my clients just understood that that was now my priority. So I missed a couple of workouts with them, but they knew that I was going to do that. And I, and I feel like that gave me the boost to just get them more involved in the Pilates. I'd like to take some of my strength training people and put them into the Pilates world, but you know, I have men and they're, they're kind of like, I don't know about that, but I do a little bit of it with them without them really understanding what they're doing. Right. I mean, they know it, but they don't know it. And um, they're very amenable to it. They love coming into the studio and they like what they're doing and they feel good. I'm not here to hurt anybody. So right. I feel like I can do that. I just would like to see younger trainers also come up. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so how will you grow the Pilates side of things? Are you going to, are you planning to kind of rely on word of mouth to get there or have you thought about other avenues as far as marketing advertising goes i changed my logo that was part of it i got out of uh sort of my first logo was a little uh rigid i think so i changed my logo i hired a guy to um out of new york to create a logo that was more um gender neutral and looked a little bit more in the world of what I'm trying to do with the Pilates and the strength training, but it not just all like it, you're going to go to my gym and this is what you're going to do. So they're little figures of all different shapes of people and stuff like that. And um, so I started that and I, I, cause I thought that would be a first step to do it. And once I feel like once I can get I just finished that comprehensive certification. I just got the certification like paper. <laughs> um, and I wanted, I wanted to try to get out into the Rockford area a little bit more. I'm working with the local running 
group to try to get them to come in to do some free classes and try things like that. Because um, I want to hit the people that I think would big benefit from it and runners mm -hmm. would really benefit from it. So I also run with them and they trust me. Yes. Well, that always helps for but sure. But I don't do I don't do a lot of marketing. I will be honest about that. Um, I probably should, but um, I just never really have. They have a local thing that's called What Rocks in Rockford that your clients can sign you up for, and then they vote for you. And like the best trainer, best personal trainer, best physical um, fitness person, whatever. And um, I won it one year, and then I didn't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's I just was like I don't know I felt like yeah. it was a contest with other my other like my other trainers in Rockford and I didn't want to be like that I just right. was like we're all good we're all happy to work together so I did it the one year and then I didn't do it again so. okay all right so now have you ever done any type of like Facebook advertising uh Google Instagram anything of that nature to push the word out there a little further yes yeah I do I do have Facebook and I do use Instagram um I try to be a little bit I did have a girl that was working in here that was supposed to help me do some of that social networking stuff um because it doesn't come easy to me it's a little it's a little difficult for me to figure out the vibe that I'm supposed to be reaching mm -hmm. um she did it for a little while and then um, she it fell off of her plate too. I think you have to be a special person to really know how to get, I'm, I'm a president of a local uh, nonprofit and I'm supposed to do Facebook for that too. And I'm like, I just, it's not my thing. I don't know how to do it, but I have, I do attempt it. I put pictures out there and I tell people what's going on. And a lot of my clients are like, why are you doing that? Because you don't have any room for people to come in to do your workouts. And <laughs> I'm like, well, cause you may not always be here. And I got to think ahead and they're right. like, yeah, but I'm here now. I get very testy about their appointments do they? <laughs> um, and it does help the other instructors, but yeah, I think we all just kind of like work together and, mm -hmm sending the message out, but I do use social media a little bit. I could use it more. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. And so have you ever done any paid advertising campaigns? So like, yes, there's the organic posts and making sure that you're consistently posting on social media that does help, but specifically targeted paid advertisements. Have you ever done anything like that before? Um, I've not had to pay. I've been on TV before. They've come to my studio to interview me while people were working out. I've never really had to do a paid advertising, have I? I'm thinking back 20 years, you know, I may yeah. have done it at the very beginning. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't recall that though. I, that would be a nice thing to do though, because I, I do think money spent in business, things like that is very smart to do. Yes. Again, I'd fall back to if I, I was, I, you know, I was part of uh, local charitable things and I would, you know, give money to those charities in order to have my name in their books and stuff like that. I would do that locally. But um, my clients were always like, why are you doing that? You had no time. <laughs> I'm like, well, don't tell me what to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, now that you've got, you know, the Pilates side of things that you're really trying to 
grow and kind of focus some there's there's room for people there on that side of things yeah so you know even if it's not so much the strength training clients that you have those one-on-one sessions but if it was focused more toward the pilates side of things and reaching people and getting the word out there that could be huge as far as okay i'm going to do a facebook post tonight (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to put it out there there you go yes yeah i'm going to do it (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was for me personally, that was the thing that was a game changer. You know, it was like, I originally was just not getting enough people. And once I started doing paid advertising through Facebook, that's how I reached more people. Cause a lot of people just don't know that you're there. Right. And they could live right down the road and just not know that you exist, not know what services that you offer. So I am sure that that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Positive, that is true. I don't yeah. even think my family members really know what I'm doing <laughs> 20 years later or actually more, but they're like, oh, she works out. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, yeah, I completely get that. But yeah, that happens all the time. People just don't know that you're there and you don't want to be the best kept secret in town. That's for sure. Exactly. Um, even though your clients might say otherwise. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I want to be, I want to be loud and proud. I want to, I want people to know. I mean, I survived three months without any clients forever. So with the COVID that was tough. I mean, when you were on a tight budget and all of a sudden that budget's gone, but your bills are still coming in, Mm -hmm. you still got to pay your rent. Yeah, that was tough. Very, yeah, very challenging time within the industry across the board. I mean, over 40% of gyms closed. So to even just have your doors open at this point is a huge accomplishment. I agree 100% for anybody that made it through that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. 40%. That's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's crazy too. The amount of gyms that have opened because of COVID. I was just speaking with somebody this morning. He opened his gym because of COVID, you know, prior to he was working in a facility and actually got laid off, which makes sense during that time. Um, And then just decided to go his own way and do his own thing. And he's doing well now. So and he actually ended up with a break on rent. He was in New York City, which is crazy. It was very crazy there. So yeah, 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 pretty That's good. Yeah. Um, Now, speaking of doing your own thing, going your own way, I always like to ask about a piece of advice that you would provide to somebody who is considering opening their own facility. So you've got some time in the industry. You've been at it for a while now. So what's one of the most important things that you've learned over your time in ownership? Um, For me, I will say that putting my clients first all the time. I have, I've had trainers come in and they talk about their personal lives all the time during their workouts. And it's like, no, it's about, so I think client retention is, is key. You have to be able to sell yourself, sell your program, get them to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it and not wasting money. So, cause I think money is really the bottom line for this industry. People don't want to spend all, they don't always want to spend what it takes to, to enjoy your longer life, you know, longevity is the key. So, um, I try to tell most of my young, young clients that or young, um, trainers that come in and they talk to me and I'm like, answer your phone, talk back to give people your number, get back to them immediately. If not, you know, at least 12 hours or something, don't, um, ignore people. Mm-hmm. 
and work, you know, when you're at work, work, don't, yes. don't make it your time to, you know, go to your hairdresser for that or to a bar. Right. Right. <laughs> but don't tell your story. So I think that's the biggest one is that make your clients know that they're number one, mm-hmm. you know, when you're there, you're there, you're working for them. And the hard part, I will say the hardest part for me was accepting money and having to do the work, make the bill, you know, put them on a calendar, give them a bill and say, you got to pay me. You know, that was the hard part. It's like, I'm sorry, you, you know, I, I like you, I have a relationship with you, but you got to pay me. Yeah. That was the hard part was being all of those hats. Mm-hmm. And finally, I just stopped making excuses for it. And I just said, you know what, you got to pay me. Mm -hmm. I have bills to pay. Please give me your, you know, I'm here for you. Be here for me. So, right. But that took me a long time. Yeah. You have to be brave with some of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can be challenging in the beginning. And a lot of personal trainers, especially, really struggle with the value of the service that they're providing and what that's worth. Right. You know, and a lot of times it's helpful to look at it from, a different perspective because it is all about perspective. Um, but understanding that you are not your client, right? Because it's like a lot of times we kind of get wrapped up in the idea of valuing our services too low because to us, it's like, we're not looking for a personal trainer, right? We, we know how to train our bodies. We know what we should be eating. We know what we need to do to stay in shape, to live a healthy life. We know those things, but sometimes you don't realize that other people have no idea. You know, it's like they have no idea where to start and they value that service at a much higher rate than you would. And right. it's important to realize how important the services are that you're providing and, and what they're actually worth. But especially in the beginning, it can be hard, you know, and it's kind of awkward to ask for money. But it's like at the end of the day, you're providing a service like you don't go to your doctor and not expect to pay. Exactly. So it's, it's the same kind of situation, but it tends to be looked at a little bit differently. So I think we do it to ourselves though. Yeah. Right. A little bit. Yeah, absolutely. People uh, should be expecting to pay something for a service, you know? Right. Right. Pretty, pretty natural. Um, So yeah, I mean, keeping that in mind, you are not your client and and not being afraid to charge what you're worth because right. at the end of the day, it's like you only have so many hours in a day too. You can only train so many people. So it has to be worth your time. You know, it's like, you got to be able to make ends meet. Um, especially when you are doing one-on-one sessions, because again, your time is limited. You can only right. help so many people. So yeah, that's important. All the right. Do nice because you can get more money in. Yeah. But you also can see more people at one time. Right. So I, I've gone to half hour appointments, even okay. on so that that allows me to get more people in and uh, see more bodies. Mm-hmm. And then my income comes in a little sooner too. So, and they save a little money. So the, I don't charge right. them a full half hour fee that I would charge for a single half hour. I charge them a deal. I get them a deal. So right. that's where my, I don't, I don't, um, I started doing that a while ago. Half hours are good in a small gym. You can bump, 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 bump people out. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just said, nobody's in your way. Nobody, you know, you're not sharing a gym with anybody else. So you can set, you know, and I'm very organized. I'm like a weirdo. My, everybody that works around me, they're like, Oh, don't get in their way. (laughs) 
I have it all written out and I have everything figured out and I put the room together. And if the other trainer comes in and she moves my stuff, I just stare at her. Yep. <laughs> but that's, that's another nice thing is that I, I get more people in that way with the duets, even on a half hour. So, right. Absolutely. And do you offer any other services as far as nutrition, accountability, anything of that nature? Um, you know, I, I don't really, cause I think I do offer, I have names of nutritionists and dietitians that I send to my clients that way. Um, because I really think that people have to, I don't want to be that all inclusive person. I want them to come to me for their fitness and their health, but not necessarily on that side of it. I want somebody else to be that person. So they're accountable to more than one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? <laughs> okay. So I have a Facebook site. Uh, it's called fitness works. And I think in my Instagram, it's fitness works too. I'm actually incorporated because there's a couple of different, uh, fit, the, nobody had the name when I took it 20 years ago. Now it's right. out there. So, <laughs> um, and you know, I have a website too, fitness works Rockford, um, that I keep up with. I actually have a marketing guy that handles that for me, but he usually tells me how to beef it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Perfect. So Terry from fitness works in Rockford, Illinois, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. It's great to meet you. Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. We'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.